Well, it's super fun to watch you guys all feel awkward as you introduce yourselves to each other. Uh, that's a fun spot to be in from this side. <laughs> uh, this is nuts and bolts of kids ministry, just to make sure you guys are in the right spot. I'm assuming that most of you are somehow involved in kids ministry. Uh, this session may be a little bit different than some of the other ones that you attend today. We are going rapid fire topics today. We are going to cover a lot of ground, hit lots of topics. Um, there is going to be lots of discussion in this session today, but I ask that when, when it's time for you to speak, that you remember that we are rapid firing today, and so we need, to, we need condensed words. We don't want super long stories, but we're just going to learn and grow from each other. There are so many churches represented in this room, so many different ways of doing things, so many great creative ideas, and we just want to learn from each other. Um, I'm going to introduce the topic. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little sneak peek into my kids' ministry, some of the things that have worked for us, um, and then you guys are going to talk about some of the things that you guys are doing in your kids' ministries with the people around you. Does that sound good? Okay, so to give you a little bit of information, my name is Lena Mooney. I am a kids' pastor at Lima First Church over on the west side of the state. Um, I am also the Ohio BGMC director, so of course we're going to talk about kids' missions today as well, uh, but we're not going to focus on BGMC totally. It's okay. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but I am just, I'm super excited to be here, super honored, and uh, I see lots of familiar faces, which is super fun. Uh, so we're going to kick it off right off the bat uh, with our first topic, which is biblical literacy, okay? Biblical literacy, and, I, and I'm going to read you this paragraph. This is actually directly off of the Assemblies of God website, but I think it describes bi biblical literacy perfectly, okay? It says, it's important that children be able to read the Bible with sufficient understanding for life, have the knowledge of how to engage the text and gather its meaning. They should memorize scripture, facts about the Bible, and have a basic understanding of the timeline and characters. Biblical fluency builds on top of that with an expectation that the message of the gospel has permeated their hearts and minds to the point where their thoughts, conversations, and actions are actually shaped according to the truths found in the word of God. That's what we want for our kids, right? We don't want kids just to read the word of God. We want it to shape and transform who they are. In the same way, while people may become literate in a language and get by, language fluent means the culture changes the way the persons think and behaves. Our goal is that kids are biblically literate and exhibiting actions consistent with being fluent with the word of God. So we want kids who understand how to use the Bible right? We want them to know how to find verses in the Bible. We want them to feel familiar and comfortable with it. We want them to memorize scripture, but all of that's nothing if we don't have kids who allow the word of God to transform and shape who they are, right? That's what we ultimately want. However, as a child, some of the most important things that they can learn as kids is how to become familiar with the Bible, right? How many of you guys grew up maybe in Sunday school or in kids' church, and that's where you started to learn how to memorize God's Word? That's how you learned to find things in the Bible, and that's why it's super, super important. Biblical literacy. And so just a couple things right off the top. Uh, like I said, this is rapid fire today, okay? So I think one of the important things that we need to remember in our kids' ministries is to check your curriculum. 
There are lots of options out there. Some of them, some of them are better than others. Can we just say that? Right? We want curriculum that is going to help engage our kids with the word of God, that is going to allow room for the Holy Spirit to speak and move. We don't want curriculum that is simply focused on uh, character, challenging who they are. We want kids to connect with who God is right? Because God is the one that's going to help them grow and learn. The Holy Spirit is going to do the transformation. And so I challenge you to look at your curriculum and make sure that your curriculum is actually in being uh, engaging with the word of God with kids. Uh, I personally, this is not a product plug. Please don't I mean, I'm happy to talk about it, but uh, I use TrueFire, and I use the Bible Engagement Project in our midweek services. Two great options, both put out by the Assemblies of God. There are other great options as well, but I think it's super important for you to, to really dive into your curriculum. I know that sometimes budgets are an issue, sometimes... Uh, <laughs> Uh, having things easily available for your volunteers is an issue. But guys, this is a huge part of our kids' ministry. This is what we're basing our kids' ministry on. And so if our curriculum is not engaging kids with the word of God, we're missing something. Okay, so check your curriculum. It's super important to have a scope and sequence. And I'm going to be honest, I've been in kids ministry for a long time. And I know I'm super young though, right? Uh, I've been in kids ministry for a long time and I didn't fully understand the importance of having a scope and sequence in our curriculum until several, just a few years ago. Uh, A scope and sequence is kind of your roadmap to what kids are going to be learning within that curriculum. And it's really great because people who are much smarter and wiser than we are have already gone through. They go through the whole Bible and they say, okay, these are the things that kids need to know, and this is the timeline that we're going to put it in to ensure that kids learn these things by the time they're out of kids' ministry. Okay, so for instance, there's a couple different examples. Uh, The left is true fire. The right is um, Bible engagement. Again, it's simply because those are the ones that I use in my ministry. But I'll tell you, I never preached a message on the book of Revelations to my kids until I started using a curriculum that was complete with a scope and sequence. I mean... Talking to kids about the second coming of Christ, what happens in the end times, those are heavy topics. And it wasn't that I was intentionally avoiding them. It just, you know, there's so many things to talk about. But having a a curriculum that has a good foundation of a a good scope and sequence is going to help ensure that you are not missing topics being discussed with your children. Make sense? Okay. Okay. We also want our kids to be using their Bibles every week, right? What a novel idea (laughs) that our kids are going to be using their Bibles. Did anybody bring their Bible with them today? Some of you guys are good. Okay, so I'm going to show you something that we do with our kids. Uh, we want our, We actually have a stack of Bibles. I reached out to people in my church and said, hey, 
Uh, we want to make sure that we have Bibles for kids to use while they're in kids' service. If they don't bring their own, maybe they don't have one at home. We, we keep a stack of Bibles, kids' Bibles, in our church that if they don't bring a Bible, they can always grab one of ours and use them. Okay, we try to use our Bibles every single week, and we make it fun. We want to teach them how to use the Word of God, how to actually, we understand that the Bible is available on your cell phones and all that kind of stuff, but I don't allow cell phones in my kids' ministry, and so we want them to actually be able to touch and feel and hold a Bible. So I'm going to show you what we do. We, we do uh, Bible ninja sword drills. Anybody ever see these? Come on, let me show you. I wish, woo, I lost my notes. Okay, we call them Bible ninja sword drills. I pick out whatever the main text is, is going to be for what we're talking about that day. And you balance your Bible on your head. Hold on. I have lots of practice. My hair's a little slick today. And you got to balance. You get all the kids balancing like this, and then you call out the, the reference, Ephesians 6.12. And everybody shouts it out, Ephesians 6.12. Ready? Hi-ya! And we all make the hi sound, and we find our Bibles, <laughs> find the things in our Bibles as fast as we can. But here's the thing. As we're teaching kids to, to find the book of the Bible, we say, okay, Ephesians 6. There's two divisions of the Bible. What are they? Okay, Ephesians is found in which division of the Bible? The New Testament. They're flipping and they're going as fast as they can. And uh, so we know that Ephesians is in the the New Testament. So we're going to start with Matthew and we're going to call out the books of the Bible until we get to Ephesians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Now in my church, all of our Bibles happen to be fire Bibles. Uh, It's not necessarily a plug for for a fire Bible, even though that is what I would recommend. I love that all the Bibles are the same because it's very easy to be able to to talk to my kids and guide my kids to the right part. So once you find the book of Ephesians, you're going to look for the big orange number six. This is the chapter of the Bible. We're going to Ephesians 6, 12. We're going to look for the big orange number six. Everybody see it? Once you get there, we're going to go and find the little black number 12. And as soon as we get there, then we all read it together. But engaging our kids with God's word, teaching them every single week, once we're repetitive every single week, getting to the book of the Bible, it sticks with our kids, right? And it's fun. Who doesn't want to do Bible ninja sword drills, right? If you guys all had your Bibles, I'd make you all stand and do it right now. (laughs) There's some in the back. Okay, so engaging our kids with the Bible. Uh, we also like to play games to get kids familiar with the Bible. We'll talk about that in our games section in a little bit. Um, but anytime we can get kids to learn how to use their Bible, they're a lot more likely to use it on their own if they know how to do it, right? A um, couple of different things about, uh, we call them remember verses in our church, uh, but ways that i found to help kids memorize Bible verses. We, uh, every month, we print our Bible verses on a magnet that goes home one per family. Um, I have a preschool wall and an elementary wall. They can take one of these one per family, just goes on the refrigerator, and it's awesome. There's a lot of families that use that. For our nursery babies, um, the magnets we found just didn't work for whatever age. I mean, for, for whatever reason, it just didn't work. So we actually just started this. I stole this idea from somebody else, right? All the good ideas are just stolen, not created, right? Uh, but this is working really, really well. We created these little bag tags. We've only had them for a month now. Uh, but when parents came, we asked if we could go ahead and strap one of these bag tags onto their diaper bags 
And then these are just the, the verse that are printed on cardstock. We cut them up, slid them in, and uh, our plan is to change these out every single month. And the parents don't have to worry about it, but it's right there on their diaper bag, which is everywhere that they go because they have babies. Uh, so far, it's working really, really well. Um, uh, we also like to create motion videos with our memory verses. A lot of you, uh, depending on your curriculum, you may have seen these. Uh, we understand that kids learn by moving and doing and touching and feeling. And so we have had huge success with kids learning Bible verses simply by putting motions to them. Uh, if you want to see any of them, we have our My Lima First Kids YouTube channel. They're not great, <laughs> but they, they exist, and so uh, it helps the kids do it. We use those videos every single week in our kids' ministry, um, and it's the same motions every single week, but it helps kids learn Bible verses. And so here's what I'd like you to do. For the next couple moments, uh, I'm going to give you, let's say, three or four minutes, because uh, we've got lots of topics to talk about. I want you to turn to the people around you, and I want you guys to talk just for a couple minutes. How do you help engage kids with God's word, using their Bibles in your kids' services, and talking about memorizing God's word? How do you guys do that in your kids' ministry? Are you ready? Okay, turn to each other. You guys have three or four minutes. All right, everybody, I'm going to ask you to turn your attention back this way. We're going to go ahead and jump to the next topic. I will try to leave a little bit of room at the end for questions. I don't know that I'll know the answer, but I'll answer the best that I can. And maybe if I don't have the answer, maybe somebody else in this room has the answer. So if you have questions, we'll hit them up at the end. But I want to go on to talking about Junior Bible Quiz. Now, I know that this is a very specific ministry. And at JBQ, for those Junior Bible Quiz, um, it's something that the Assemblies of God helps produce. And many times when we think about JBQ, we think of it as simply a competitive uh, a competitive program where kids learn these questions. There's a book or, or cards. You can get cards that are 576 questions. Uh, and then as they learn that, they can go to different uh, meets that get together with other churches and they, and they competitively quiz. However, I'd really like to challenge your thinking in using this junior Bible quiz material, not just for the competitive part of it. Uh, at Lima First, we did competition. Uh, we had teams and everything. It was fun. It was great. Uh, and then COVID, you know. And so that just rocked our world a little bit. And, and our, the way that we use junior Bible quiz in our ministry changed a little bit. Currently, we do not have teams that quiz competitively on Saturdays at the meets. However, we do think it's really important to still use this material in our ministry, and we found that there's a lot of really great ways that we can use it. And so uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a couple things that we do in our ministry to use this, again, because it's a great resource that helps get kids engaged in God's Word, okay? And so a lot of times we use these uh, junior Bible quiz questions. Like I said, it's a pack of 576 questions, 76 questions uh, that range in uh, difficulty of what the kids have to memorize all the way up through uh, more difficult concepts to understand. Uh, but it's a great, great tool. We use these a lot of times at the end of service. Sometimes we'll put them up on slides and let kids uh, 
you know, quiz each other or we'll do a big, uh, you know, play rock, paper, scissors with somebody and then turn your attention to the screen and answer this question. Find a new partner, rock, paper, scissors, answer this question. So we try to go through that book and pull out questions that have to do with whatever it is that we're talking about that day. So let's say we're talking about creation. There's a whole bunch of questions in the JBQ book about creation that you can take and use in your kids' ministry. This is a great tool for discipleship. It does not have to be competitive, okay? There's also a game book that's available. Uh, Again, I'm not trying to product plug. I'm just trying to tell you some of the resources and tools that are available that I found helpful in my ministry. This is an entire game book that gives you ideas of how you can use these questions in your ministry. It's a super great tool. A lot of them are super easy. There's games in there that you don't require any supplies, and they're really great for when your pastor may be slightly long-winded at the end of service and you've got some extra time, these are super easy to pull in and use in your ministry. Uh, Another thing that we do, how many of you guys have ever been to kids camp? You've been to kids camp? A lot of you. Um, Kids camp, there's something special that happens with junior Bible quiz and it's called Bible beads. (laughs) And Uh, If you've been to kids' camp, you know. If you haven't, I'm about to rock your world, okay? Uh, For whatever reason, kids love this. We have taken uh, the Junior Bible Quiz questions, and every uh, I use this in my midweek ministry right now, and it's awesome. We have taken Junior Bible Quiz questions paired up with the lessons from the Bible Engagement Project that I use that well, has to do with what we're talking about. And let's say it's maybe 10 to 15 questions a week. We give these papers out to these kids and we give them 15 minutes. Hey, learn, learn a question or two. And then we have leaders sitting at tables with little cases like this. They're just pony beads. The cheapest place to get them is from Hobby Lobby. You can get them half price most of the time. Uh, you can get like 500 beads for a dollar. And you can get a whole range of colors. Um, but if they answer a question, they get to pick out whatever color bead they want and add it to their necklace. Can you go ahead and throw up that other picture? Yeah, they go crazy over it. I I don't understand why, but they go crazy over it. And uh, every bead here represents something else that they've learned about God's word, right? Which is really, really cool. Uh, But it's super easy. And now that my kids, uh, a lot of times my kids are coming to midweek services and stuff, that even if we're not doing our Bible beads segment, they come with their necklaces ready because if I have a couple minutes, we might throw some. (laughs) It's just a great uh, quick pickup activity, especially if it's already been introduced in your ministry. It's not just for kids camp, okay? It's been fantastic for my kids, especially during midweek program. Um, yeah, so let's do, uh, this may be a little bit less because I know JBQ is growing, but who has used Junior Bible Quiz material in their ministries at all? Some of you? Hey, can you give me a 30-second plug, Matt, to put you on the spot? Uh, can you give me a 30-second plug for Junior Bible Quiz? Oh, you got to stand up. Hold on. Come here. Come here. Come here. Yeah, I'm giving him the mic. Don't you worry. All right, so my wife is the talker, not me, but JBQ is awesome. Like she said, we have the competitive side, but we've also seen it work in our church with families that aren't com- aren't um, real secure at sitting at a table and hitting a buzzer. So the families would work together. It became a family ministry where 
they started earning um, awards and seals. There are different things that you can earn throughout the season as a family. And so families starting to grow and families starting to change. And um, um, <laughs> it's just an amazing thing. So it is not just the competitive side, but we've seen families become different and change through this ministry as well. So. Yeah, what's really cool about it is uh, as parents are working with kids on these questions, if you send these questions home with the kids, the parents honestly start to feel a little bit sheepish because they're like, well, man, I didn't know that. My kid's learning that. I should probably know that too. And so you start to see adults become engaged in this. And, and then you have entire families that are growing and being discipled in, in the Word of God, which is really cool. So uh, I'm challenging you, use this junior Bible quiz material in your ministry. It can be... It doesn't have to be sitting at a buzzer competitively quizzing. It's a great tool to help disciple your kids. Uh, we're going to jump to the next topic. You guys ready? We're going to talk about kids' missions. This is a huge part of me. I'm going to try to uh, control myself on this one. Uh, we want kids who love the world like Jesus, right? We want kids to have a heart of compassion that is going to grow with them as they become teenagers and as they become adults, right? We understand that kids who are generous become adults who are generous. We understand that kids who have a heart of compassion as kids turn into adults who have a heart of compassion. Any lead pastors in the room today? No? Okay, that's okay. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to give you a couple tips and tricks. I want you to think about what is the missions culture in your church, I realize that there are lots of different church sizes represented here. There's lots of different ways that missions can be done in churches. But I want you to think, what is the missions culture in your church? Is there some kind of missions education being given to all ages? Is there some kind of exposure to people who are different from you happening in your church? Are there conversations about uh, not just worldwide missions, people who are giving up everything here in the States and going to live in another country to tell people about Jesus? That's happening here, too, in the United States. We have U.S. missions. What is the missions culture in your church? For some, that maybe you may be like killing it with missions, talk, talking to your kids about love in the world. For some, maybe there's no conversation happening at all. I'm going to help you, okay? Uh, because uh, I know that obviously BGMC Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, if you haven't heard of that, that's a, a ministry through the Assemblies of God. It's uh, partners with kids to help kids learn how to pray, give, and go so that the whole world can come to know Jesus. And a lot of times we can get focused on the money parts of missions. Obviously, that's a big part. People, you know, they have to have money to do things. But we are more concerned with teaching kids the heart behind it. Because we understand that the giving will be a byproduct of what's in the heart, right? When kids see somebody who's hurting, when kids see somebody who doesn't have a bed, when kids see other kids in other parts of the world who are hungry and starving, if they have the heart of Jesus, if we've taken time to help cultivate that and help grow that, they're going to be like, well, man, I can do something about that. 
right? And it starts to move then to action rather than just sitting and watching and standing by when we teach kids the heart of missions. And so I'm going to go through lots of different things uh, that we do in my ministry uh, to help teach kids about missions. I'm going to show you my spaces. We teach missions from the youngest to the oldest. So even my nursery babies in my two-year-old classroom are learning, God loves the world. (laughs) You know, they have times where they're seeing pictures of people who may look different from them, people from all over the world. Uh, In our elementary service, uh, in our elementary space, this is a giant uh, four-foot by eight-foot wall piece uh, that we use interactively. And so we may have kids that are running up to find a country to pray for. We may uh, be using, uh, putting missionary pictures up there. We may be putting pictures of uh, faces of people who live in that region of the world. This is a tool that we use all the time in our ministry. And it's just great because it's a map and It's exposing kids like, oh, I live here, but there's people who live in all of these other places, okay? Uh, Our preschool area also has a missions corner. Uh, We've got the giant map on the floor, which is fun. We've got pictures of people around the world, our little uh, BGMC bucket there. They also uh, do a mission segment every single Sunday. I do a mission segment every Sunday with the elementary kids. The reason that we do that, and again, there's lots of different ways that you can do it. BGMC has a curriculum that comes out. Uh, It's good for the entire year. They have different uh, countries that you can focus on each month that have all kinds of pictures and videos and coloring pages and crafts and uh, recipes and all that kind of stuff. Um, And some people choose to do that once a month. Great. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I choose to do it because I found that in my kids' ministry, I usually have kids maybe once or twice a month. And so for me, it's important to do that every single week to ensure that whenever a child shows up, they are going to have some kind of exposure to missions. Okay? Um, So those are our spaces. One of the things that uh, is brand new that I'm super excited about is called BGMC Sessions. Anybody hear of BGMC Sessions? Fantastic. Uh, I'm super excited about this because, like I said, how, how I do this uh, is take a five- to eight-minute window every single week to teach about missions. This is a completely free resource. And actually, can you go ahead and put up the one that has the QR code on it? Y'all get your phones out right now right now. Go ahead, get them. Scan this because this is an incredible tool, especially if you do not have any kind of missions education with your kids right now. This is a great way to start. BGMC Sessions comes with super short lessons. It comes with videos, uh, countdowns, uh, videos for missionaries, all kinds of really great, really great tools. And it's completely free, y'all. That's all right. I'll give you a second. Uh, The goal is to release six packs. The second pack has just released, and they come with 13 different lessons. Uh, But it really gets to the guts and the heart of what missions is. Uh, Why does God love the world? (laughs) Why should I love the world? What is my mission field? What happens if somebody doesn't respond well to me telling them about Jesus? It really gets to the heart of teaching kids about missions. Of course, there's a giving component that's added on, but that's not the focus of it. Because, again, we want to teach kids missions because 
when they understand what that is, then they're going to be moved by compassion and they're going to want to do something. Uh, one of the things that we really like to do is uh, help our kids focus on prayer. Raise your hand if you've seen the prayer calendars that are out and available. Again, this is a free. I'm so surprised by how many people are not raising their hand for these things. It's okay. Uh, these are produced by uh, the Ohio Ministry Network. We uh, The left side is the kids' version. The right side is the adult version. These are absolutely free, okay? And the cool thing about these calendars is uh, people are challenged to pray 60 seconds every day for a different part of the world. If they pray every day from January 1st to December 31st, they will have prayed for every country in the world, every county in Ohio, and every Ohio missionary, literally changing the entire world through prayer, What's really cool is that these were developed two years ago, and it's been so interesting to see how God has aligned certain things. There may be a missionary come up on a certain day, and literally that same day we hear about something going on in that part of the world. Y'all, I can't even tell you, uh, the Ukraine came up the same day that all of this news started to come out. The, the Muse Arts, our friends that are ministering there, they, uh, their names came up shortly after. Like, this has been totally ordained by God, and it's free. You can go to the Ohio Kidman website, to the BGMC portion, download these calendars, print them out. Uh, they're, they're colored. They're beautiful. They're super easy to use. You can post these on your uh, kids' websites. You can post them on your social media. Also, on Ohio, on Ohio Kidman's Facebook page, if you've noticed, every single day at 8 a.m., there is a post that goes out with these prayer posts, whatever the focus is for that day, and it'll give you three specific ways that you can pray for that part of the world because we've been in conversation with missionaries. Like, it's up-to-date, real-time things that are happening around the world, which is a great tool. Uh, I got to go quicker on this, so sorry. I get excited about this. Uh, another tool that you can uh, you can use is our missions experience bags that's produced by o- uh, Ohio Kidman. These are a great hands-on tool. Uh, there are seven different regions in these bags. There are five to eight touch and feel items to help kids learn about that part of the world. There's also cards in there with pictures. There is a card in there with the languages, uh, the top languages spoken in that region. There's a recipe card, a game card. Uh, These are super great to use in small group settings. They're great to use if you do a BGMC Sunday. We've seen them used at camps. A really great tool. These are available right out here. If you go straight out the door, straight through the other doors. Uh, They are $15 a bag, or you can get all seven of them for $100. Super, super fun and engaging for the kids. Uh, Another way that we've taught kids missions, you can make it super fun. We have taken the BGMC curriculum, the country curriculum, and y'all, we literally just swiped the pictures from there and created our own memory game. I know that's super simple and crazy, but it's a super great uh, pre-service activity. And as the kids are flipping those pictures over multiple times, they are learning about another part of the world uh, and getting information from that way. Uh, When it comes to to raising money for BGMC. There's all kinds of incredible things that I've seen churches do. I'll give you a couple things that we have done in our services. Uh, we're actually getting ready to start a $30 in 30 days challenge. Maybe some of you have done that, but we're partnering with the youth in our church and doing uh, challenging every student 
at our church uh, to either give $30 in 30 days to BGMC or Speed the Light, working together, right, because it's not all just about kids. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. We also have, and mine just happens to be tomorrow, uh, we're doing a B- BGMC Silly String Wars. It's going to be all out crazy. <laughs> but we have said for every $5 kids have brought in for the month, they get a ticket for a can of uh, Silly String that they'll be able to redeem at the end of the month. They bring those tickets back, and we're going to go outside and just go ham on the Silly String. Three, two, one, every, ba- every man for themselves. It's going to be crazy. Uh, but there's been a lot of money come in for it so far, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, one of the other things we do is uh, BGMC does offer uh, super cute little buttons that go with the different countries with the BGMC curriculum. We have utilized this uh, so that uh, whatever country we're talking about that month, when the kids bring in their BGMC offering, they get the button for that month. Once I only ordered so many buttons because I didn't want to be stuck with a bunch of stuff at the end of the month and not be able to use it. So once I run out of buttons, then they get a sticker. Uh, it's for whatever reason, kids like buttons and stickers, and it has worked really, really well. Um, one of the other things we've done is BGMC Buddies. We've challenged kids to find 10 people to buddy with them to help give $10 each to BGMC. That way, when the kids come back, they are at $110 because they themselves give $10, and they found 10 people to give $10. Y'all, it works. These, these, uh, their parents are getting on Facebook. They, you know, they're taking videos of these kids. These kids are going to their neighbors. And when we did this, there were, I think there was maybe a couple thousand dollars that came in that month because the kids just get excited about it. So let's take, oh, we got to hurry. Uh, let's take three minutes and turn to the people next to you. What, talk about the missions culture in your church and what are some of the things you guys have done in your church to help teach. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump to the next topic. We're going to go to creating a worship environment in our kids' spaces. I'm excited about this one. Listen, it's so important for us to intentionally create space in our services for kids to encounter Jesus. Sometimes we get ourselves in the way. We overschedule our services. We uh, add in all the things because we want it to be fun and we want it to be engaging. And yet, our kids need to connect with the Holy Spirit. And it's so important for us to create space. You can go ahead and put up that picture. Uh, I I can't tell you how powerful it is to be in a room where kids are at an altar seeking Jesus and there's such a heavy presence of the Holy Spirit and it's like you could hear a pin drop because kids want something real. Kids are seeking. Even your kids that you have behavior issues with, the kids that, you know, are coming in acting all crazy, when you create space in your services for kids to connect with the Holy Spirit, guys, he moves. <laughs> he moves. And so sometimes that requires us flipping the order of our services to make sure that we have time for that. Uh, so let me, get, let me give you a quick breakdown of my service schedule. Um, we do two praise songs. By that I mean faster, um, more hyped up songs. We do our message, our big God story. We do a Bible verse review, and then we do a worship song, and then altar time. If I have a game and I see that 
uh, we're getting to a, a point in the service that I've not been able to do those things yet, the game gets kicked to the end or it gets cut completely. There's a lot of times I don't even do games in kids' ministry uh, because the other things are just more important, <laughs> right? Uh, and so uh, let's talk about music real quick because I know that sometimes that's a hot topic in kids' ministry. Uh, it's difficult to find the right music that is going to engage kids. I mean, raise your hand if you've had issues helping to engage your kids in worship. I, I mean, I have. I feel like that's a thing in every ministry. Uh, I try to very specifically gear my worship music to the older kids. Um, if you get too young and kitty with your music, your older kids are going to check out big time. And it will become a serious problem for you. However, if you gear your worship music to those older kids, those little ones are going to rise to that because they're going to be like, oh, I want to do what they're doing. And so what I do is I uh, do two praise songs at the beginning, and a lot of times those are motion videos. We know that a lot of kids like motions. They're fun, hyped-up songs. But when it gets to that worship time, just before we're going into altar, I do a worship song, and I only do a lyric video. It's difficult to find, and it was a tough change for me. However, it has created an opportunity for me to help talk with the kids. Boys and girls, this is how we worship. This is a way that we can worship. You can raise your hands. You can kneel. You can talk to God about how you feel about him, about who he is. And once I switched from having motion videos for that last worship song to simply a lyric video, there was something that happened. I can't explain it. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to work in your ministry. It's just something we tried, and for, it's worked for our kids. I also want to challenge you to, to talk to your kids about different ways to worship. We understand that even us in this room are all created differently. Some of us are very exuberant, all-over-the-place worshipers. Others of us just like to, to stand and are a little bit more uh, quiet in our worship, and that's okay. But it's important for us to talk about those things with our kids. It's important for us to show kids that there are lots of different ways to worship. I'll show you. This is one of the uh, things that we've done in our kids' ministry that's super fun. Uh, it's a video, actually. Hopefully it plays. Yeah. Oh, is that all it's going to play? Maybe. Oh, you can't hear it, but... Uh, these are these are sticks. They're just dowel rods that we got in a pack of 500 because for whatever reason I couldn't find a smaller pack at the time. And uh, some of those sticks we painted with glow-in-the-dark paint at the ends. But we use those in worship. We lay out rules for them. Uh, but my kids who maybe aren't going to raise their hands or maybe aren't going to kneel who are probably not going to clap either – by golly, they'll take those sticks, and they are going to worship God. And we teach that that's a way that they can worship God. But it's super fun. Uh, creates for a little bit of craziness, but it's, just, it's okay. Uh, another thing that we try to challenge our kids with is to use their words to worship God. And I, you guys have been sitting. We have a couple minutes. I'm going to make you feel totally awkward. It's okay. It's going to be a teaching moment. You're going to remember it because you're going to feel awkward doing it. But I want you guys all to stand real quick. Everybody stand. And I'm going to walk you through this just the exact same way that I do with my kids. And we do this just about every single week because I'm trying to push my kids to use their words to worship God. And so I'm going to ask that you just raise your hands. Everybody's going to raise their hands, right? It's a way that we can show a sign of surrender to God. 
There's nothing really special about it, but it's a way that we can worship God. And for the next 30 seconds, we're going to use our words to tell God just who he is to us. Are you ready? Come on, I want to hear your voice for the next 30 seconds. Just tell God who he is to you. God, you are my helper. God, you are my friend. God, you are amazing. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that you are strong. You are bigger and stronger than anything I face. You are powerful. You are awesome, God. You are worthy of all of our praise. Come on, just 10 more seconds, friends. Use your words. How do you feel about God? God, I love you. I thank you for what you've done for my family. I thank you for my protection. I thank you for who you are. Friends, even in this moment right now, can you not feel the presence of God? I mean, we were just sitting taking notes. We stood up for 30 seconds. We began to worship God with our voices. And the presence of God, you can feel it, man. But then it's in this moment that you can easily transition. Okay, kids, God is here with us. God wants to speak to us. God wants to show us who he is. And you can easily transition this moment into something even more. Right? Okay, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to tell you, it's real awkward at first. Those kids are going to stare you down and be like, what does she want me to do? But I guarantee with some consistency and doing it and modeling it in front of them, they are going to learn and they're going to grow. We also practice kneeling. There's something powerful about saying, kids, would you just bow down before God right now? You know, when you think of a king, a lot of times people go and they bow down before a king as a way to show honor and respect. So let's just, let's just practice doing that right now because God is our king. And if you practice that and model that in front of them, it's creating this worship environment where kids are connecting with God, right? We're welcoming God into our place. We're creating space for the Holy Spirit to move. And then it can lead to those really powerful altar times where kids are then learning how to seek after God even more. Make sense? Uh, let, me show you, uh, let me show you how we do this in preschool. Preschool is super fun. We know that preschool takes a special heart, right? Uh, <laughs> preschool kids are just a little bit more wild, uh, but we found that it's super fun with our preschoolers to do. Uh, we have ribbons in our preschool class. We have instruments, super fun things. We'll see if this video will play. I've got one more video. It's crazy, y'all. Yep, uh, that was actually during our everybody's birthday party. Super fun, but it's something that they use every week, and we just teach. There's lots of different ways that we can worship God, and it's not just a Sunday morning thing. We want to worship God with our entire lives, okay? Uh, let me see. Okay, let's take, whew, we only have 11 minutes left. Let's take two minutes, turn to the people next to you. How do you help create a worship environment in your spaces? How do you do worship? What are some things that you do, tips and tricks that you use in your own ministries? Two minutes, guys. All right, guys, I'm going to ask for your attention back here. I got two more topics, and we only have 10 minutes, so <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
Uh, but good thing is we're going to lunch right out right after this. So can I just again be the leader that challenges you? I mean, you see the people you came with all the time. Maybe you're gonna sit next to somebody else at lunch and have conversations like this just to keep growing and learning from other people. Okay, next topic. Uh, we're gonna talk about games for a minute. We know that games are super fun. This is kids ministry. Games are fun and important. However, they should not take priority over the message and the response time, right? It's difficult. I, to, I just told you there are a lot of times that my games get cut, and my kids know it's because we're here for, we're here for a reason. Now, I love games, okay? I love fun, and there's definitely a place for it. However, because we only have these kids for an hour and a half, maybe once or twice a month, and that's if you have an hour and a half on Sundays. My kids come into me uh, at, the, at the very beginning of service, but some churches I know, maybe that you have your kids sit in the, uh, in the worship service and the, everybody's together, and then maybe your kids get dismissed. I realize that there's lots of different ways that that happens. Um, However, let's talk about games, okay? Uh, we need to be aware of our schedule, right? Know when that we may need to cut. The game is always the first thing to go from my schedule if need be. Uh, but let me give you some tips on where's, places you can get games. Have you guys heard of Grow Games? Maybe a lot of you have, but in case you haven't, I'm going to change your life right now. This is an app. It's free. You do have to create an account, but y'all, there are so many games on this. You can go in and filter for kids ministry or youth ministry. You can do upfront games, all play games, icebreakers, all kinds of really cool stuff. And it comes, most, the majority of them all come with like slides and all the media and stuff that you need. I mean, game changer, seriously. Um, we... Because we only have these kids, though, for a short time, we want to make sure that we are intentional with the games that we play, right? We can uh, take games and not just do them for fun, but actually have them have a point. Maybe they're going to reinforce the main point that we're learning about today. Maybe they're going to be a game that gets them engaged with their Bible. Maybe it's going to be a game that has to do with missions. Um, let me give you a couple quick things of how we use games in our ministry to... Uh, be intentional. We do a lot of relay races where they uh, have to go. I take whatever Bible verse it is that we're learning that month. I chop it up and make a whole bunch of slips and do different team color verses, and they get piles in the center. And whatever the relay race is, uh, they've got to go down here and grab a piece of the Bible verse and come back. And then once all their pieces are back, they got to assemble the verse as a team. We do that. I can't even tell you how many times. <laughs> A ridiculous amount of times, but the great thing is, is you can change it. I mean, it's a relay race. You can change it however you want it, however, however you want it to be. Uh, and yet, it's intentional because we're working on our Bible verse that then has to do with our messages, okay? Uh, if you guys are not involved in some of these other uh, kids ministry communities, uh, the Assemblies of God Kidman community on Facebook. Uh, another great one is I Love Kidman. Another great one is children's pastors only. Don't worry, you don't have to be a children's pastor. You can just be a kids worker. It's all the same thing, right? These are great places to go and find games. People are constantly posting on there all the time. However, I happen to come across a very sweet lady named Tina Hauser. Anybody know who she is? Okay, she 
Y'all, she has incredible games for kids uh, that get kids engaged with the Bible. Uh, One of the games that I stole from her that my kids absolutely love is a cup stacking game. Uh, So I partner my kids up. We give them six cups, six plates. They have to stack those. And once it's stacked, they run to me. And I give them a book of the Bible. Here's my little cards. Hold on, let me get them open for you. I've just created these. These are little uh, cardstock circles that were laminated, (laughs) but they have the books of the Bible on them. We use these for a million different things, Uh, but they stack their plates. They come to me. They draw uh, a card, and then together they have to find whatever book of the Bible that is. They have to find it in the Bible, and then they have to come and show it to me, and then they get a point, and then they go knock their tower down and start again. Guys, they could play this for hours. It's literally cup stacking and finding books of the Bible. I mean, but they love it. Uh, So that's one thing. Uh, Another thing that we just started doing that the kids love, you guys ever play Racco? Anybody ever play Racco? Uh, You don't have to have these uh, fancy plastic ones. I just didn't. I don't know how to make them myself. <laughs> so if you know how to make them yourself with wood or something, they're great. Uh, but these are just, they just have little slits in them. And then we got off of Amazon, their uh, Books of the Bible flashcards that, again, were laminated because kids' ministry. <laughs> so uh, I, again, will put them in groups and give the kids five or six random cards. They have to sit down with their Bible and get the books of the Bible in order. Again, getting them engaged with God's word, learning how to find things, but it's so it's intentional. They love it. It's so simple, but they love it. Another thing that we do is we use Scrabble tiles a lot. I don't have a picture for this, but you can go on Amazon and get like a 500 pack of Scrabble tiles. We'll use these. They've got to do books of the Bible or they've got to uh, work together as a large group to spell out the, the remember verse with Scrabble tiles. You can use them for a million different things. Um, another fun game that we've played, we really like to do all group games uh, where everybody is doing something. And so we'll uh, divide kids into sections. Uh, one of the ones that we did recently, I have uh, one of those big Connect Four games. I mean, you don't have to have it. You can be creative and, um, you know, use your <laughs> use your creativity. But I have one of those big Connect Four, game, Connect Four games. You start the uh, little checker things in the back and you literally pass it down the row so every kid is touching it all the way through and then when it gets up here this kid runs up puts it in the connect four thing and the next one starts the first team to get to four in a row wins you can do it with a million different things you can pass rubber ducks you can pass paper airplanes and they've got to shoot but it gets everybody engaged and they just think it's the best thing they're literally passing a uh, connect for thing, <laughs> and they love it. So let's talk for two minutes. Uh, what are some of the games that you guys have done in your kids' ministry that your kids love that have purpose? All right, I'm going to ask you to refocus. I literally have like a minute Maybe a minute and a half to tell you about this one, okay? (laughs) Uh, The last topic that we're going to hit is behavior management. I realize that this is a huge topic that you can't really discuss in about 60 seconds, but here we are going to give it a shot. Uh, Sometimes kids are not behaving the way that we want because we have not set the expectations, 
right? And so it's really important for kids to understand when they come into our ministry. Uh, I don't like to necessarily refer to them as rules. I mean, that's just my own personal preference. Um, but when we encourage kids, uh, call it positive reinforcement. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a counselor or anything like that. But uh, it's important for our kids to know the way that we expect them to behave. That way we can hold them accountable to that. Instead of just saying, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't. Well, did they know? Do they know that they're not supposed to do that? So sex, set expectations. Uh, another reason that we may have some behavior management issues is because maybe they're just bored. <laughs> right? Maybe they're bored. And so it's super important for us to be engaging with our kids. I realize this is a loaded topic. However, if you are just standing up here for your message and talking to the kids, uh, not being very animated, right? Our stage presence is important. Our voice inflection is important. Our big movements that are going to get kids' attention are important. Something I tried last week with my kids, uh, we were talking about obedience. God requires obedience. And I told the kids, okay, anytime you hear me say the word obedience, the first person to jump to their feet is going to be able to pick off the green shelf of our prize cart. And those kids were glued on me like nobody's business. I had their attention from the beginning to the end. And I would trick them and I would say obey or something like that. But obedience was the word that got. And attention getters like that are going to help hold our kids' attention. Uh, the other thing that I think is super important is relationship. Right? We understand that sometimes kids misbehave just because uh, we don't know what their home life is like. And so if you have relationship, I know I'm getting the signal. It's time to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, we know that when we have relationship, that's going to help us earn the right to be able to speak into those kids' lives. And we're going to be able to help direct them a little bit more. Uh, also, I like to give my kids a chance to make good choices before I have to help them make a good choice. I will literally say that from the platform. Hey, we're getting ready to go into our big God story. I want you to Take a look at who's sitting around you right now, and I'm going to give you a chance to make a good choice. Are you sitting in a spot that you're going to be able to focus on and that you're not going to be distracting others and they're not going to be a distraction to you? If you think you need to move, now's a really great time to do that. And every now and then I'll have a couple kids get up and move. I may even have say, hey, repeat after me. Are you guys ready? This is my time to focus on God. I'm not going to talk to you, and you're not going to talk to me. Are you ready? Okay, literally like a call and repeat can just help shift that attention and that focus and say, okay, now's the time that I have to really be listening and paying attention. Uh, yep, I think that's all I got time for today, guys. I'm sorry that I don't have, <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry I don't have anything else, but can I just pray for you guys really quick before we go to lunch? I know I'm already a minute or two over. I'm so sorry. God, we just thank you for who you are. I thank you for this incredible group of leaders, leaders who love you, who want to help point kids to you. God, I pray that your creativity would just flood every part of them as they are planning and as they are uh, working, God, to help kids connect with you. God, would you just give them fresh ideas, fresh vision, help them to be able to have the conversations they need to. God, we pray for a healthy kids ministry in every community in Ohio. God, anoint these leaders, bless these leaders. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready for Chick-fil-A? Come on.